everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Men. Oh. Welcome, one and all, to Evil Men, a show where three guys have a fun time together and talk about an evil man. And everyone is welcome to listen to it, no matter what. Your background is how tall you are, how small you are, or whether you live in the northern hemisphere, south, east, or west. Come one, come all. <laughs> Did you guys ever go to a circus? Yes. Really? Yeah, man. In Calgary, and I think in Peterborough, and it was just awful. So you've been twice. Yeah, it smells bad. There's like sad animals shitting everywhere being led around by even sadder humans who are not shitting everywhere but they probably have to shit in a rv damn wow where you shit that's a harsh view of <laughs> yeah where do you shit mike that's a pretty harsh view of circus well, people not i not not in a traveling caravan i'll tell you one thing in a home or a workplace but have have you never been to a circus, either of you? I went to one as a child, the Barnum and Bailey one with mm, that brown-haired so clown guy. Mm, mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I I did too, and I saw an elephant trample a lady. No, <laughs> my mom took me when I was a little kid, and an elephant trampled a lady, and they quietly took the lady off of the ring back behind the curtain. Are you being honest? Yeah. Was that a normal part of the show? No. <laughs> yeah, a hundred people died. Looks like she walked into the trample zone. <laughs> you are about to get <laughs> about to get crushed. She Holy has shit. elephantitis. So they didn't bring a clown out <laughs> to point at the woman while the stretcher was carrying her away and make fun of it. And um, they laughed and sprayed her with uh, seltzer. Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of God, she's injured. Stop joking about it. Clowns, clowns, please stop spraying that lady with seltzer. That seltzer's for my cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, clowns, man. I mean, what are they doing? We're just clowning around. Yeah, but... (laughs) Mm. I'm a fucking clown. So what? You got a problem with me? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's a living. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like the ultimate clown, Joker. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the, yeah, but here's the thing: Does Joker make money as being the Joker? Well, no, no, watch, no, not much. He compared, steals it, right? If you watch the mm. Joaquin film, he's mm. terrible at being a professional clown. It's true. Yeah, it's like a dark version of the show Baskets. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. A lot of like uh, comedians and actors, though, take clown courses to learn like physicality. Mm-hmm. And that's really good. And also, if you're trained in clown, you learn how to master the art of gibberish, which comes in handy when you're doing a major Hollywood film or a TV show. Uh, right, like in, yeah. um, uh, like in Thor. Mm-hmm. Thor will be like, yeah. I am the king of Asgard. Yes, that's clown. Yeah. Audition for the uh, to be the next Indiana Jones. Uh, okay, go ahead, please. What's your name, Chris? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
It says here you've went to one year of clown class, <laughs> and that's it? That's right, sir. I went to, I <laughs> uprooted my life, and I moved to Paris, France. Yeah. I ate croissants every morning, and then acted like a clown every afternoon. And then at night, I played video games. Imagine playing <laughs> PlayStation in fucking Paris. Is that crazy? It's like, go outside. You're in mm-hmm. Paris. Maybe they have their own French version of PlayStation. 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 And if you play, like, um, like what's a popular PlayStation game? Because you're more into video games. Oh, I don't know. Call of Duty. So Call of Duty French ver- version, before you get into fighting and stuff, the character wakes up and has a very nice breakfast and has coffee and reads the newspaper and then meets friends at a cafe they discuss world events and you know their opinions <laughs> mm-hmm. on life and love and loss before they even pick up a gun i love that idea call of duty france yes. and like there's Se- a there's yeah. a before every battle right you yeah. go to a cafe and the character goes to the cinema a lot yeah cuz france is a huge cinema country absolutely okay now we're here we haven't even mentioned this. We're still at this cottage in Port, near, in Port Ryers. And we're sitting here in the living room. It's about 10.47 at night. And we just heard a noise in the kitchen. Or maybe it was on the, on the deck. And... Mike, the strongest one, is going. We keep hearing fucking paranormal activity every time we record. Ooh. Maybe one of us has a poltergeist. Probably yeah. Mike? It sounded like it was those Venetian blinds... Sort of being blowing uh, in the wind. wind. You know what? I was on the phone with my wife in the backyard earlier. Ooh, kinky. Yeah. A phone talk with a lady. And a huge gust of wind did pick up and make the trees act a little crazy for a sec. And it spooked me Mm. for a sec. That fucking sucks, man. So you're right. It could be the Venetia blinds getting uh, rocked. It's funny. It's like, what do you mean the trees acting crazy? And then you see the trees like using their branches to do like, you know, dancing around. Well, I did like, should I say? It's up to you. I did microdose (gasps) a little shroomy, but I, uh, I feel like the trees are my friends now. So wait, did the trees actually get blown by the wind, or did the trees start moving and shrugging and dancing? <laughs> uh, well, to be honest, like I don't know if I really feel it, which is apparently the consensus with this. But the trees, the view from our back patio where we are, with the fire, we made a fire with the lights on. Yep. Like they do illuminate the trees in a quite beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And so I can't tell if I was fixating on the beauty of the trees because of that, but I really don't think so. Well, I think it's just naturally beauty. That could be naturally it. beautiful. Hey, back in the backyard not long ago, we just saw fireflies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was incredible. Those are cool. And they were flying near our fire. And I was thinking, do they think this is Big Mama Fire? <laughs> Mother. I'm home. Mother! (laughs) Mother! Ah, It's not my mother! Ow, mother, you're burning me with your gentle caress. Yeah, like, or if they're like Robert Crumb, where they love the idea of a bigger mate. Hello, I'm Robert Crumb. I'm a nerd, but I like big butts and I cannot lie. And the fireflies, if any fireflies feel that way, and they see a full fire, they might go, 
humming, 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 humming. Yes. They need to bring Firefly back. It was canceled too soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Just kidding. I like the movie, Serenity. I didn't see the movie. Oh, I watched good. a bunch of episodes and I was like, this is kind of, I don't know. The movie was pretty good. Okay. What's that actor's name, that handsome Nathan guy? Nathan Fillion. Yeah, from Edmonton. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Exactly <laughs> I don't right. know who he is. My mom likes no, but, Nathan Fillion. She's always saying, "I like that Nathan Fillion." Oh, oh I like dude. Nathan Fillion. He's a really good actor. I he hate to break this to you, Mike. Your mom has a crush on Nathan Fillion, and it might even be more than that. Well, I well, that's I just told you that. Yeah. Well, she I'm just saying she doesn't just <laughs> like him like a friend. Right. I think she thinks he's a dish. Well. Her her bedroom is full of posters that she's torn out of those teen magazines of Nathan Fillion this and Nathan Fillion that. He looks like the kind of guy a mom would sort of go, huh, you know, uh, if I had a one-day hall pass from my husband. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. My mom also told me something the other day that, um, so Donald Trump's first wife, Ivana, sadly died unexpectedly. I mean, she was 73, but she died of blunt force trauma, and the news report said it, she, that she fell down the stairs of her New York home. And I had dinner with my mom the other night, and she was like, you know what I think? Just like William Shatner's wife who died, I think Donald did it. <laughs> she thought William Shatner had killed his wife years ago when his wife died. Anyway, <laughs> and I said, why would Donald Trump in 2022 kill Ivana Trump? And she said, well, she, she probably had dirt on him that he didn't want getting out. <laughs> what more could we learn about Donald Trump it's, that we don't already yeah. know? It's true. Like, what could be so bad now that would make him lose the 2024 election? <laughs> his whole <laughs> presidency. Jan- January 6th. His whole presidency, regular news and clickbait <laughs> every day was like, this is going to take Trump down. Yeah. This is going to be the bombshell that'll ruin Trump. Maybe she had... Like, s- every day. Maybe she had secret knowledge that like, he was a bad kisser. And that's the <laughs> one thing he didn't yeah. want anyone to know. Shut up, shut up, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> one time he forgot to flush the toilet uh, when he left. You uh, can't put this out in the media. It'll ruin me. Yeah. I forgot to flush the golden toilet. <laughs> Um, sorry. I'm so bad at impressions, James. No, you're you're no it's not true. Your Trump is known far and wide as being one of the best ones. Hey, show us your Trump. Um, that's every far and wide. I love the idea of going far and wide to do Trump impressions for a living. Gee whiz, wouldn't that be the life? I'm a road warrior. I'm a road dog. I travel the length and breadth of this country to entertain simple people, the simple real people of this country by doing my impression of Donald Trump. You know, you don't see impressionists doing an act as much as you used to, but when you do see someone who's really good, I don't even care that it's corny. I'm like clapping and so happy. It makes me so emotional. I'm very (laughs) happy for them. One, I'm two, not even joking. three, four, five, six. Dun, dun, dun. Road runner, road runner. Like, you know, um, what's that guy? Frank Caliendo. I'm not even. I'm not kidding right now. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. Watch, He's my favorite comedian. When you watch videos of him going through all the voices, it's like, damn man, you're good. I don't know if he's the funniest guy in the world, but he's really good at that. It's impressive when a man can do another man, or a machine. In the case of Michael Winslow from uh, Police Academy. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that man had a voice like nothing I've ever heard. Michael Winslow, are you a man or a machine? Do you even like 
listening to Evil Men, let us know. Michael Winslow <laughs> couldn't have the amazing <laughs> career that he he had uh, if he were starting out today because so many machines and devices are silent. That's a great point. Like, do a do a cell phone. Well, what does a cell phone yeah. sound like? Do an, do an, a Tesla. They barely make noise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Help! I can't open the door because it's a complicated system to open the door, even though doors were simplified millions of years ago. Now, oh, Chris is watching a video on his phone. I um, I don't doubt that Michael Winslow had an amazing uh, modem for the internet. Yes. What? Oh, we were doing the podcast and you started playing a YouTube video. Oh, sorry. I'll play it for everybody. Pacino. They teach you in acting that it's all about being incredibly curious. Well, Pacino takes it to the next level. Like, you could Who you is turn this? on a light. He's Frank like, Caliendo. You flip the switch over here. The light goes on over there. Whoa. <laughs> this is sorcery. You know, so uh, we're just breaking down speech patterns. Um, if you watch uh, Robert Downey Jr. does this thing where he talks slow at the beginning and speeds up at the end and sounds like you have to burp halfway through okay so are we on the same page or not so, you know, yeah. there's there's that type of stuff he's genuinely nailing it it's yeah it's way it's almost like you're but teaching to people how to do them making me or laugh the yeah. it's interesting because if you I mean, we're all laughing danny jr and slow it down and race the pitch well, chris, becomes dr evil yeah uh, me chris i would love to hear your robert danny jr so, yeah pause it chris all, they're so close you that robert danny jr is fucking good Yep. I, but, but hearing that, I'm like, yeah. is it? I haven't seen it, enough it, oh. Robert Downey Jr. to know it's accurate. Well, Mike's trying yeah, to brag you don't watch that he doesn't MCU watch Mike's bragging. No, I saw the Iron Marvel. Man movies. He's Iron Man in every you know, movie. I've seen Iron like a bunch of Iron Man movies, but I wouldn't be like, oh, that's the classic Robert Downey Jr. And I feel like I'm not alone. No, mm. wrong. That's exactly Robert Downey that's Jr. That's exactly it. He nailed it. I just what I'm saying. Who? But who cares though? <laughs> I hate that attitude. <laughs> Mike, Mike what's is his name? <laughs> Ted Caliendo? Frank Caliendo? Fred DiBiase. He's got... He could buy and sell. Mike, who cares so about famous? your jokes? Who cares about your jokes, well, sir? Well, Mike already feels that a lot way of about people, himself. <laughs> I already a know. lot of people care about well, Frank Dal Caliendo more than you. James, I know no one cares about my jokes, <laughs> and that's the point. Yeah, you All can't right. say to who cares to what end about Mike to Mike, because he'll be like, yeah. That's true. Exactly. That's the it's philosophy. like if I did an impression of like, oh, here's an impression of uh, my friend that none of you know, and I nail it really but well. No. And I'm like, well, no, aren't I great? Because it's Robert Downey Jr. In the world. <laughs> Does anyone know his cadence? Yes, Mike. Are you <laughs> fucking crazy? Yes. I, I thought he really sounded like him. There. He sounded exactly like him. I think you guys need to take a good long look in the mirror. You are like from the olden times. You're man. going down with the ship, buddy. No, I've seen a bunch of Iron Man movies. <laughs> I bet you look like you haven't. <laughs> As you say that, <laughs> name all Iron Man movies you've seen. Iron Man, Ring of Fire, Iron Man, and the oh, Giant God, Peach, Mike. Iron Man, and the Giant Peach. He flies into a peach. <laughs> Uh, pepper. You, you hate mean? impressions. Yeah. I didn't realize. What is it no, about impressions you I, hate? In the past, I have sometimes been good at impressions, but I would never make that my whole thing. An impressionist Why? beat the wait, shit wait out second. of you when you were a kid. Wait yeah. a second. Why wouldn't you make it your whole thing? Being a comedian is dumb. Who cares? Absolutely, I agree. Well, but also, there's different levels of dumb. <laughs> no, I disagree. <laughs> Uh, dumb is subjective. No, anyway. it's not. Ever. There's real dumb people. That guy's rich as hell. I want every. 
mean, so is, is the puppet man. Jeff, uh, Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham is far true. richer than Frank Caliendo. You're right. Yeah. Fuck. Did well, I ever tell you? I saw. I went with our friend John Semley a few years ago to see a Jeff Dunham show at the Air Canada Center, a huge stadium yeah. that he sold out because he's a gigantic comedian, and he had his uh, fucking trunk of puppets. And because he, <laughs> trunk of puppets, oh yeah! <laughs> trunk of puppets, yeah. trunk of puppets. I'm pulling the strings, and then because he only he only plays to audiences of like thirty thousand plus. He doesn't like get to go try out new material in like small rooms and then work it into a thing. So right. He's on stage in front of a sold out stadium, and he's like, "You guys mind if I try some new material?" And in front of like thirty five thousand people. He brought out a new puppet Whoa. and pulled out his iPhone and was just reading off his phone with a new puppet in front of a packed stadium. Well, there's two was, things about that. Yeah. One, yes, you're probably right. He doesn't have a small venue because a small venue would just explode if he showed up. Yeah, man. So he doesn't have a small venue to work on the new stuff for sure. But two... That's how Americans think of Toronto or Canadian. It's a small crowd. room to try out right. stuff. A hundred percent. It's an open center. mic. They just bring their phone up. Other big comedians do it too. And do you know what his new puppet he was trying out was? What? It was a baby in a diaper with huge eyes from Ireland. And it was an, ah, a little yeah. Irish baby that he was doing the voice of for the first time do, in Toronto. It's, it's quite Wow, he can do all the ventriloquism with all those accents without moving his mouth. Well, there are so many ethnicities that basically mm-hmm. he has a few more years until he's tried all of them. Um, yeah. And he has one puppet per ethnicity. So did you I guys just... I hope he has a dad how, how and mom we... who's really proud of him right now. <laughs> did you guys just go to the show to hate it? John was, I think, reviewing it. Oh, okay. I think I remember reading his that review. That makes a difference. A so I'm like, one. you guys paid a hundred bucks to go. No, no, he had a plus one. Yeah, sometimes irony is expensive. But yeah. for free, that makes sense. No, I was his plus one. I was very thankful to be so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we watched the Jeff Dunham show and saw his brand new Irish baby character. Hmm. Do you guys mind if I... Oh, sorry. I have to... My screen went off. I have to... Uh, <laughs> oh, me phone I forgot died. my code. No, do the face recognition. <laughs> Does anyone know what the fucking Wi-Fi uh, password is here? <laughs> can I get a bottle of water on it, the fucking Sky Dome or what? <laughs> <laughs> what can you imagine? But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the, the whole stadium even didn't count because it's in Canada. <sighs> yeah. New material. Damn, Jeff Dunham. When I was a kid, I really thought ventriloquism was in- incredible. Yeah, I could do it. No yeah. sweat. Okay. Uh, we can't show the no, people but listening, I'll, though. I'll... Watch your lips and you move your hand like okay. a mouth and see. Let's see you try. Okay. Hey. <laughs> so far, so good, listeners. Yes, tell them how good it is. So far, so good. <laughs> I can't stop laughing about No, get this. serious. Get serious. This is important. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> I love the character. First of all, let's work on- we're going to mark it on different... Here's two different um, categories. Love the character's attitude and his style and his jokes. But also, technically, your lips didn't move. So Your lips like, didn't that, move, They didn't man. fucking move. You know hey, what's dumb? The, the first you time you started... You doing all right? Good to see you. The first time you did it, I just looked at your hand like... Because <laughs> the, the hand became a character. That's yeah. the thing. That's how good yeah. I am. Look. Yeah. Good to see you. You looking good. You dye your hair. 
<laughs> hey, your lips aren't moving. Yeah, man. I could go on a fucking huge uh, stadium and do that. Yeah. <laughs> you dye your hair or something? <laughs> I'm picturing this guy just, just asks women if they dye their hair. <laughs> and you don't even have a puppet. It's just your hand. Hey, look at you. Your son's new. What'd you do? Dye your hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do the dye the hair bit, man. Do the dye the hair bit. Uh, I'm getting to it. <laughs> hey, Tony, how's it going? Good. So t- <laughs> I know it's going good, Tony, because uh, you're uh, you're my puppet. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, uh, what do you think about the crowd tonight at the uh, Royal Canadian Sky Dome Arena? A <laughs> uh, lot. Well, that's a nice heel here. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Woo, woo. What do you think about these girls in the front? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Would you? You looking good? <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do yours? <laughs> see that show yeah like a- and then mike and assembly just rip on me like crazy <laughs> Look at this. Ten, 10 years from now mike is on a new podcast do you want to see me it. do ventriloquism my puppet yeah i'll record tony this. yeah okay hey tony how's it going good how are you yeah do you need it start again maybe we should trim this from the podcast <laughs> yeah part. this part it's over okay this is my Hey, how's it going? Good to be here at the Royal Canadian Skydome Arena. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. You have fun traveling uh, across the border from America to Canada? No, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not me, it's Tony. I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. No, I didn't like it. Okay, well, what about those people in the, the, the crowd? What do you think of the crowd? Great crowd. Great crowd. Good to see you. Good to see you. What about these uh, people in the front here, Tony? These beautiful ladies are looking at you just specifically. Not even me. They're looking at you. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hey, look at you, huh? Looking good? Looking good. Would you dye your hair or something? <laughs> What? You think they dyed their hair? What makes you say that? Hair's different. You can just tell. Did you dye it or something? Looking good. I like it. All right. (sighs) Hey, that's all for you, Tony. I think it's a wonderful act. And I think, once again, I love the character of Tony. Uh, He's so fun. Everyone knows a guy like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Beep, beep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks. Um, before we move on to our topic this week, uh, we should mention that we have a Patreon account, and you can find it at patreon.com slash evilmen. If you sign up, you get two bonus episodes every month, and you get access to our Discord, which means you can chat with us, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you're making topic suggestions. I yes. think our last several episodes have been suggestions from the Discord. Yes. So... Um, it's a lot of fun. If you enjoy the show, 
please check it out. We exist merely to please you, our patrons. We do your bidding. We take your suggestions, and we're thankful for them, and we try and honor your suggestions by doing the best job we can with them. May I also add, if you're going to go to patreon.com slash evilmen, just personal preference for me, I don't know about you, James or Chris, I find that the best way to access the Patreon page is by using an Apple Watch. You go on your Apple Watch, uh, you say, hey Siri, take me to patreon.com slash evilmen. It appears on the screen, then you can navigate on the watch to get to the uh, subscribe uh, fun- uh, option, mm-hmm. enter your credit card material uh, information on the Apple Watch. Next thing you know, you're receiving all the bonus episodes and material uh, to your watch. Mike, thank you for that. I appreciate you chiming in there. And you're right. Check it out. Ideally on an Apple Watch. Failing that anywhere else. Patreon. An Android Watch if they make those. If they make them. Yeah. Patreon.com slash evil men. Beep beep. (laughs) Beep beep. (laughs) So, Mr. Harsnet, I presume, Mm -hmm. I have but one question for you, and I won't take any... Uh, dilly dallying I demand mm-hmm. the answer immediately what is who is today's evil man well before I tell Chris I do want to tell you a funny thing that happened in between segments in okay. the Patreon part you went to go uh, get a drink or something yeah and wait, Mike wait wait and he's right ladies okay. and gentlemen yeah and Mike made a joke about if you join our Patreon the best way to view it is on an Apple watch just a joke yeah and then after we ended the Patreon bit, Mike goes to me, do Apple Watches have a screen? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're seeing if his joke made sense. Do Apple Watches have a screen? <laughs> <laughs> I got to add that in that you asked. Yes. What would they have? <laughs> James, you're exposing me. No offense. Not trying to give you a hard time. You're making me look like a fool. But you know what? <laughs> no, no. I think that that is why so many people love this show because we're not afraid to take shots at each other, <laughs> call but each Mike, other out. Okay, I couldn't. I couldn't back you on the Frank Caliendo hate. No, I felt all alone. <laughs> <laughs> and you are in the dark by a old wooden stove. <laughs> Uh, in the shadows. Yeah, Chris and I are sitting on couches and Mike's kind of in the shadows on a stool. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of like the V for Vendetta guy. Well, yeah. That's how I see myself. Every now and then you look at how'd you get in here? But uh, I couldn't get I couldn't follow you on the Caliendo hate. Mm-hmm. Um it's a skill. It is he a skill. worked hard at that yeah. skill. Okay. And he and he, yeah. But then he's not I will stick up for you. You're not a hundred percent a Luddite. Yes. Or however you want to pronounce it. Some mm-hmm. people say Luddite or whatever. But people don't know this about you. But your keyboard and your mouse are wireless. <laughs> yeah. I'm, in the words of Green Day, I'm a walking contradiction. You know? uh, and also in the wor- words of Green Day, wake me up when September comes because it's been ends. too hot. Oh, yeah. And September ends. And in the words of Green Day, wake me up when September ends. Because Even cooler. Yes, I am a little overheated these days. Well, anyway, shall <sighs> we get to the guy? Yes, James, who, who the hell are we going to learn about and probably learn to hate? Yes, okay. Well, this week's Evil Man was suggested to us by the Mighty Fro on 
Discord. And it's a guy named Victor Bout. Victor Bout. Yes. And uh, And what is Victor all about? Well, Victor... Is it the the green demon figure who's the mascot for Just for Laughs? No, he actually is a Russian arms dealer nicknamed the Merchant of Death. Oh, not quite as fun. That sounds pretty cool. Now, have either of you guys seen the movie Lord of War starring Nicolas Cage? Yeah, and Ethan Hawke. Nicolas Cage is based on Victor Bout. Okay. Oh, I can't remember yeah. how it goes. Um, it's a, I mean, I think it was a good movie. He was an arms, basically a rich yeah. arms dealer. And confident and cocky. Does and he, he gets do... himself into some pretty tight situations. And he gets married to Bridget Moynihan. Does he do some accents mm. that are questionable, maybe? No. Okay, good. No, he's kept it, kept it straight up. Okay, so Victor Bout was born in the USSR in what is now Tajikistan in 1967. Uh, he served in the Soviet Armed Forces, and uh, smart guy, smart guy. Okay. While he was in the Soviet Armed Forces, he knew Russian, of course, but he learned five other languages fluently. Portuguese, really? English, French, Arabic, and Klingon. Kidding. And Persian. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just threw in a little My joke. My heart just stopped there for a second. Yeah, but okay, good. Um, so, Victor Bout... Um, so he's in the army, and then uh, apparently he was a lieutenant colonel. Um, but you know, in 1991, of course, the Soviet Union dissolves. Kaput. Yep, kaput. And uh, so Victor decides, I'm going to start a business. Right. Uh, and he gets into the air freight business. So he's flying certain products around? He's... Exactly. Exactly. He called his air freight business Air Cess. C-E-S-S. I don't know what that means. I don't know why he called it that. Cess is like homegrown weed. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So he was like a a weed guy, you think? (laughs) Yeah, that's what (laughs) it was. He was like a Cheech and Chong kind of dude? I think so. Okay. I can't remember the movie. Your arms aren't here, man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know where... Like what you're talking about. I never saw a bazooka before in my life. <laughs> <clears throat> so his business legally provided air freight services to um, things like the French government, the United Nations, the United mm-hmm. States. Um, and he flew items such as flowers, <laughs> frozen chickens. Cluck, cluck, cluck. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, who's the impressionist well i can do a good chicken <laughs> and he also transport uh, you could do a good chicken in a lot of ways remember the beer can chicken that's yeah. right i made chicken last night yes uh, too late but it, it was pretty good mm-hmm. um he also transported u.n peacekeepers french soldiers and african heads of state so you know pretty big big guy in the air freight business. right let me ask you something yeah if you end peacekeeper, then am I end peacekeeper? <laughs> so, um, I think pretty much right away, he starts getting notorious. Right. Notorious, which, if Ennis is listening, yes. Okay, it's on the Biggie Smalls song, but it originated. It's a sample callback to Duran Duran. Um, he got the nickname Sanctions Buster around this time. 
for violating sanctions. Busting makes me feel good. <laughs> and transporting arms to Western African countries like Angola, Liberia, Sierra, Sierra Leone, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Now, why do these countries specifically need n- new arms? Well, I think... Well, I, I know Angola had a civil war, and I know Liberia was really war-torn. I think they were all war-torn. And he was basically getting weapons in the hands of, um, I guess, whoever would pay the most. And I don't think he gave a shit. It wasn't about who he believed in the cause for anyone. It was just yeah. whoever paid him Top money. Top dollar. Mm-hmm. Right. People um, love weapons. All all people all over the planet. True. Um and he was like the number one arms dealer guy. That is well then case closed. Congratulations. <laughs> End of episode. Well we he did a good job. That's well, good to hear. But Chris, you know, we're gonna have to think about whether that's ethical, I guess. Oh right. Ethics. Yeah. yeah. Please continue. Uh a former US government official described uh him as the Donald Trump or Bill Gates of arms trafficking. <laughs> Those are two wildly different guys to be compared to. I guess the idea is that he was very the top Successful. of his field. Yeah. Yes, yeah, people yeah. literally like do that fucking shit all the time. Like compare people. They're this guy of this. It's really lame and hacking. It's pretty right. easy to do. You're the Babe Ruth of cooking chicken on the barbecue or whatever. Well, I wouldn't say Babe Ruth. Okay. Um, Although, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, the Economist described him as. An arms dealer extraordinaire. He had smashed arms embargoes and struck deals with a remarkable axis. So okay. just blown away by the amount of weapons. And was- Maxim Magazine described him as <laughs> the arms dealer every guy wants to be. <laughs> um, so he also traveled to Afghanistan a bunch in the 90s. But he denied selling weapons to Al Qaeda or the Taliban. So he's got some he's got some sort of a moral compass then. Yes, but I'm pretty sure right. he did sell to them. Okay. Um in nineteen ninety four, uh Bout made shipments for the pre Taliban government of Afghanistan. Um and the CIA said that he was bringing small arms and ammunition into the country. So I think there's a thinking that he was supplying Al Qaeda. So Oh, was he at this point like worldwide, like one of the bigger arms dealers in the world? I, I think so. Right. I think so. Yeah. I don't think it took very long for him to become like a really big deal at it. Right. Um, in 2000, a UN report said that his company was taking arms made in Bulgaria and then he'd forge the documents and say they were going to a country called Togo but he was actually taking them to Angola to arm soldiers in the Angolan Civil War. Okay. Uh, in Liberia, he was suspected of supplying Charles Charles Taylor with arms uh, for use in the first Liberian Civil War with eyewitnesses claiming they had personal meetings. And uh, supposedly, he got involved with arms dealings during the Yugoslav Wars, um, especially with the Bosnian government. In its uprising against Slobodan Milosevic. So can I ask you something? Yeah. As an international arts dealer, that literally... (laughs) I mean, sorry. Let me start that again. So can I ask you something? Yeah. 
as an international arms dealer who deals to everybody, mm-hmm. are you kind of more like an arms broker? Because you don't have a warehouse of arms all to yourself, do you? Like, who's supplying him? Is he jacking ships full of weapons? No, he's not stealing weapons, I don't think. That's what I mean. I think he's so, buying them from places that make weapons. I think, yeah. And also, lying about where he takes them. I think also after right. the Soviet Union Consistently, collapsed. a lot. Also, so how does he do it a lot? After the Soviet Union collapsed, all those countries in the Eastern Bloc and all of their like weapons that they had, uh, even including nuclear weapons or nuclear material, a lot of them just disappeared or were seized by and just sold off without mm-hmm. a trace <clears throat> um I, I mean it's just a movie but the right. movie lord of war is, is pretty fun from what i remember i probably saw it 20 years ago but mm-hmm. like arms business is fun the, the the main nicholas cage in the movie his whole thing is like i don't fucking care which army it is or which country or whatever i'll get them the guns and i don't really give a shit and i, I he, he would yeah. sell them to opposing armies like he doesn't care my understanding, and I could be wrong, is like he was like a legitimate businessman, at least sometimes buying weapons, but it was like where he was delivering them to that he was lying about. Right. Right. So he'd be like, I can, yeah. So, like, for example, right. he had a shipment of two. Like when you go to a pharmacy and you're like, I need these drugs for my mama. Exactly. And then but you get not them for and, your you, mama. and you go around the back of the pharmacy and give them to a guy by the dumpster. Sure. And the yeah. pharmacist looks out the window and thinks to himself, Was that Nicolas Cage? <laughs> or, That's not his mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But darn uh, it. Yeah, the pharmacist <laughs> is like, Ah, darn it. I did it again. But as to what you were saying, for example, um, he had a shipment of 200,000 AK 47s mm-hmm. uh, he claimed went missing. Okay. But the speculation was this is what he sold to, uh, so Bo- to Bosnia. So he start like the, so the more crooked he gets, they're gonna close in on him, basically. Yeah, like he's he's arming militias and you know armies that um, are doing horrible things, like mercenaries. He must have been on yes. the radar then of like the Interpol, Americans and Interpol. Right? Yes, okay. and America. Right. Yes, okay. Interpol is a great band. Oh the yeah, the first album is oh solid. turn on the bright lights. Yeah, love that album. PDA, Stella, yeah. Stella I love you, mm. Stella. Remember the Stella's a diver; she's always down. Yes, that's a great song. What's well, <laughs> isn't that in the car on the way back, Mike? Sure, all right. It'll be great on a nice sunny day. Um, so <laughs> back to sort of uh, his involvement, maybe arming. Sorry, I got distracted. It's okay. Arming uh, Al Qaeda and the Taliban because I think that was what America's <laughs> impetus was to have him arrested. So, um, after the 2001 invasion of Afghanistan, Victor Bout appeared in Moscow and stated that his aircraft did make regular flights into Afghanistan, but continued to, to, to deny any contact with al-Qaeda or the Taliban, and said he was supplying the rebel Northern Alliance. Uh, however, right. there is evidence that al-Qaeda at this time moved a ton of cash and gold out of the country, and it's thought that was to pay Victor Bout. Right. Um, and here's to further that point. The New York Times interviewed Victor Bout, and Victor stated, quote, I woke up after September 11th and found I was second only to Osama. 
I guess meaning how important he was in Afghanistan is how I took that. Or like the number one, no. number one criminal, criminal, number one wanted, number one guy, wanted guy after yeah. Osama. Yeah, that makes sense. Basically, when 9-11 was still <laughs> happening, they were printing newspaper pictures of Osama bin Laden's face in the smoke. Like That's right. The uh, signal was loud and clear. And so Victor... Yeah, they knew they did not like him. So I guess Victor is... Uh, that must have been really bad for Osama's mental It's kind health. of a humble brag for him to say that, to be honest. I guess but that is true. Can I say, though, that that must have been really dangerous for Osama's mental health to, to suddenly see yeah, his I know, face people don't really smoke. talk about that. It didn't... Yeah, I think Osama had ADD. I don't know. Yeah. Osama, if you're still listening, better help. <laughs> yeah. Use better help. Yeah, check it out, man. Uh, use the code EVILMEN to get 10% off, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Just giving some more examples of what he did. Um, yeah, he supplied weapons to numerous groups, armed groups in Africa in the 2000s, um, especially the De- Democratic Republic of Congo during the Second Congo War. Okay. And at this time, Victor Bout may have employed 300 people and operated 40 to 60 aircraft, just to get you an idea of how big an operation Huge industry. it was. Wow. He's, yeah. yeah. Okay. He did awesome. He allegedly delivered surface-to-air missiles to Kenya to be used to attack an Israeli airliner in 2002. Okay. There's evidence he was supplying arms to Gaddafi in Libya. Um, and so it was a terrorist strike on the airliner. It wasn't like war-related. Um, I guess so. I, I don't know. I don't mm. think so. I don't think there was a Kenyan-Israeli war, so I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Why are we laughing? Well, not likely. Yeah. Far far apart. Far apart. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, you're, you're probably wondering, how did, how did Victor Bout do this? How did he pull this How off? did he do it? Well, he had a strategy of constantly moving locations, owning numerous companies, and frequently re-registering aircraft and just doing all that shit and being really smart, I guess. It was really hard for authorities to make a case against him. And uh, he actually was never charged for the alleged African arms deals to really is what made him famous and notorious. It was like specifically like the African arms deals that really like, I guess, made him a mega criminal and made him famous. Right. so when Bout was like doing all this sh- shit, um, it's believed he lived in various countries, including Belgium, Lebanon, Rwanda, Russia, South Africa, Syria, and the UAE. Um, all the hot spots. All, all the hot spots. All the places where you can go, have some fun, let your hair down, and, just, and just be a guy. Can I pipe in for a sec? Absolutely. <laughs> the 2002 Mombasa attacks was a two-pronged terrorist attack on 28 November 2002 in Mombasa, Kenya, against an Israeli-owned hotel and a plane belonging to Arkia Airlines. An all-terrain vehicle crashed through a barrier outside the Paradise Hotel and blew up, killing 13 and injuring 80. At the same time, attackers fired two surface-to-air missiles... Victor Bout sold them those. That's his fucking Victor. Mm -hmm. At an Israeli charter plane. So just a charter plane. The Paradise Hotel was the only Israeli-owned hotel in the Mombasa area. The attacks were believed to be orchestrated by Al-Qaeda operatives in Somalia. There you go. There you go. In an attempt... And this is 2002. Mm Mm-hmm. In an attempt to disrupt the Israeli tourist industry on the African continent. So, why? 
Much speculation has occurred as to who the perpetrators are, but no complete list of suspects has been defined. The attack was the second al-Qaeda terrorist operation in Kenya following the bombing of the U.S. Embassy in Nairobi in 1998. Following the attack, the U.N. Security Council and other nations condemned the bombing. So that is fucking wild. And now that my memory is coming back of post-9-11... I do remember that Al-Qaeda was still on a run, like, especially in Africa. Remember all these fucking embassies yeah, right. and shit? Yep, and it was yep. fucking scary. Like, yep. the war wasn't done after 9-11. It was just beginning and all this crazy stuff happened. So Victor is 100% a yeah, fucking scoundrel and involved. I did not know that was an, another Al-Qaeda one. So that's really interesting. Um, Yeah, so... um. Eventually, his U.S. assets were frozen and charges were brought against him for being a dealer of weapons. Um, Bout denied the charges against him, telling the Washington Post that he was simply a man in the air transportation business and that the accusations against him sounded like something out of a Hollywood action film. I'm a simple flower salesman. Flying flowers across the world and frozen chickens cluck cluck. So now if we go back a few episodes to Midgley... And we've got a man that we're like, was he evil or was he just stupid? Or But then there's this point where, no, he knew, you know, here we got Victor being like, I'm just a simple uh, traveling businessman. You know, these aren't weapons here. I'll put them up my nose. <laughs> I'll bite into them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's like clearly conscious of being I think, evil. I think there's no other way to uh, frame Be- it. Yeah. Because like, at first I would know, well, you know, when we first started, I was like, now, wait a minute. What's wrong with weapons? Weapons, <laughs> weapons are kind of awesome. Yeah. But now maybe do you see that they're not so good? Now I see. I like it. Well, I never finished Lord of War. It's a good movie. I mean, I'm right. saying that I, I probably, like I said, I saw it in the early 2000s, but I liked it at the time. So it's 2008. Okay. Victor Bout is arrested in Bangkok, Thailand by the Royal Thai Police based on an Interpol red notice requested by the United States uh, based on a conspiracy to provide material support or resources to a designated foreign terrorist organization. Um, now, interestingly, he didn't get arrested for providing weapons to Al-Qaeda or, um, as we said, any of the militias in any of the African civil wars, but he got arrested for supplying weapons to FARC, the Revolutionary Armed oh, Forces of Colombia. Right. The Marxist rebels, the guerrillas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marxist. Yes. <laughs> so why would he, you have to not just understand Victor's motivations, but the motivations of the people who arrest him for what cause? Well, because the FARC were why is he a, getting Why is he getting by on, past other see what i'm saying well the farc were like on internationally like uh registered as like a terrorist organization it's probably the one but it's weird that and i feel like so is al-qaeda i yeah, feel yeah. like the american government mostly wanted him for al-qaeda and we're looking for how can they uh, yeah how can they get him I guess. right um so the u.s really wanted him extradited to america mm-hmm. and at first and you know what so did i did you? Yeah, because America's got the best hamburgers. And the best jails in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so, yeah, in 2010, uh, Thailand said, see you later. 
and they extradited Victor Bout to the United States amid protests from the Russian government. Russian, the Russian government was so mad that he was sent to the United States, and they said that was illegal. Russia called the Thai court decision in 2010 politically motivated. Um, and uh, they tried to stop Bout being sent to the U.S., um, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov suggested that Bout was totally innocent, right. and he's—I I think he's still the Foreign Minister because he's still really? doing press conferences about like Ukraine and stuff. Oh my God! Yeah. Russian officials probably best friends with, with Putin's uh, mm-hmm. poo Russian officials maintained that Bout was just an entrepreneur who was unfairly targeted for political reasons. This man, he just flies chicken and he flies flour across the world. He only wants to take frozen chicken across the world. <laughs> and peas. And carrots. And <laughs> yes. And squash. No no sauce, though. <laughs> no barbecue sauce. <laughs> so Victor Bout has become something of a cause celebre in Russia, with government buildings in Moscow exhibiting his prison-made artworks last year. Oh, he was a prison artist. That's very nice. Yeah. Nothing else to do. <laughs> mm, true. Apparently these, what are they called in the States? Super prisons? Super yeah. jails? Yeah. Um, they give you a good supply of watercolors and uh, canvases. <laughs> That's why they're super. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that bad. Going. They to also, jail. if you're into music, they give you a saxophone or a marimba. And a Fender guitar. Yeah. Yeah, Stratcaster. They really like 1950s rock. <laughs> and the guards yell at you to practice. Yeah. Um, and then you have to become very good at your instrument. They literally want you to learn how to play Jailhouse Rock. Yes. <laughs> um, so, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Why did you think that was fake? Oh, yeah. Let's wrap it up. I mean, that was a real laugh, but... <laughs> I think okay. we're just tired. So... Uh, <laughs> is he your in jail tired? in America I'm not tired at all. Where is this damn so, guy? Um, well, what I was going to say... I find it interesting, Russia's behavior. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I was going to say was, remember how I said how Russia was like, no, 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 this is bullshit. Don't yeah. send him to jail. They got what their the fuck? tunics in a uh, t- yeah. tussle. Exactly. Yeah. You, you might be wondering, why? Um, well, first of all, um, it's worth noting that Victor Bout's father-in-law at one point held a high position in the KGB. Okay. Right. But another thing is... That explains his connections. Absolutely. Uh, but another thing is, apparently Victor Bout was really important for giving information to Russian military intelligence. Um... He had all those planes in the yeah. sky. Well, and he knows who was getting guns yeah. for what reason and to yeah. kill whom. Mm-hmm. So they really valued him uh, as uh, like for information. Um, and um, it was said also by Russian journalist Andrei Soldatov that also, quote, he kept his cool in prison and never exposed anything to the Americans. So they also liked that, that he like didn't reveal anything. When he was in American prison. He's right. a pro. So, um, the U.S. Department of Justice charged him with a bunch of stuff. Wire fraud, money laundering, conspiring to kill Americans, conspiring to kill American officers and employees, and conspiring to acquire and use an anti-aircraft missile. 
You don't hear that one every day as a no. charge, do you? I mean, if you're selling weapons to all of America's foes, technically you're conspiring against them all the time, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. So, 2011. <laughs> I'm looking at his picture right here. He's kind of got a cool look. Am I he wrong? He looks fucking cooler than it's Nicolas on- Cage, I gotta say. It's honestly worth if you're on Also, your- Cage didn't... Cage didn't rock the mustache. That's right. It's it's worth if you're on your phone right now. Google Victor Bout, V I K T O R B O U T, and uh, oh, he looks like the singer from that band Gogol Bordello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got quite a look. Huh? There's some really good candid photos. Would of him. you like to buy servers to your measle? Uh, okay. I'm sorry for my little uh, impression. No, no, it's good. It's good. I guess I'm Frank Caliendo. I'm uh, sorry for everything I'm saying tonight. I have to too. go to class. <laughs> uh, okay, so 2011, 10 years after 9-11, yeah. Victor Bout was convicted by a jury of his peers at a court in Manhattan. His peers, other New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, in 2012, hmm. he was sentenced to 25 years in prison. That's the, it. Yeah. I know, the minimum sentence for conspiring to sell weapons to a U.S.-designated foreign terrorist He's just group. a businessman. Um. I think I told Mike, but Chris, want to guess what his net worth was at the time of his arrest? Um, fuck. I'm kind of looking at information on him right now, too. I put it away. I'm going to go $7 billion. Great guess. Wrong. $6 billion. Holy shit. Good ding, guess, ding, though. Ding, 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 ding. Thank Within you. a billion. Well, I'm thinking like, global pretty hair. wild though huh you're you're like you're really in the i know it's different now with how rich elon musk and jeff bezos are but six billion ten years ago like you were i don't know if, like i'm just feeling this out but he must have been in the top 25 richest men it's in the crazy world though, because with six maybe? million dollars today you can't even really retire anymore i know you know what i mean with the cost of living no prices. you can't yeah. you can't but that's it's impressive um yeah selling like, one of the things that us like lefties, lib idiots or whatever, libtards from the city, one of the things that we forget when we're proselytizing all the time on our downtown Toronto hipster soapbox, one thing we forget about <laughs> is that international dealings of weapons is not only one of the biggest businesses ever. But if you want your country to be strong and mighty, it's imperative and super important. And we don't want... Yeah, we close our eyes and we eat our avocado toast (laughs) and drink our frappuccinos, which is a frozen cappuccino. Yes, we do. Which is delicious and all of us uh, city city drink them. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we close our eyes and we try to pretend that that part of the world doesn't exist, but it does. And it's important and it's real. And who is the <laughs> biggest arms dealer right now? Probably the U.S., right? Oh, Chris, that's <laughs> incendiary. <laughs> and they got this little Russian guy in jail, super jail for the rest of his life. Well, it's funny you say that. He may not be in jail for much longer. Would Is you it like incendiary? I thought it was known that U.S. sells their stuff. All I was just over the joking. Place. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think you're 100 percent right. <laughs> okay, but he's getting out of no so offense to the jail. U.S. No, no, no. 
So it's interesting, Chris, that you thought, well, I'm sure he'll be in jail forever. Maybe not. Because, Michael, we were talking about this. He won the prison talent contest, (laughs) and one of the prizes was you get early release. No. Um, You guys know the WNBA star, Brittany Griner, who is currently... um, in jail in Russia. Well, she's she was, on trial, right? She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Yes. Uh, she, she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, and her trial began recently, and she was arrested over four months ago on charges of possessing, possessing cannabis oil while yeah. playing on a Russian women's basketball team. Okay? Yeah. So they've got an American women's basketball player in Russia in custody. And Shit. Mike, you may know about the trial than me, but it seemed like that was done like when the Ukraine war happened as almost like a active almost like a minor act of aggression. Um yeah, it happened like yeah. I think early on when Russia invaded Ukraine and on the off season, like a lot of I guess I think she plays in the WNBA. Yeah, but weirdly they make more money playing in the Russian yes. ladies league. Yeah. So in the off season from the WNBA, she and a lot of other American players mm-hmm play in Europe or whatever around the world and at a stop in Russia uh, at the airport she was arrested for possessing yeah cannabis oil and I guess no she was playing for a Russian team oh she's playing for a Russian team yeah. anyway but she was arrested for having cannabis oil she's a well known like American athlete a prize I guess prisoner um, obviously America has huge embargoes and um, economic sanctions on Russia and this is like a prize, I guess, prisoner to have. And America and Russia do exchange prisoners every now and then. Right. Still. And she's also a lesbian woman, LGBTQ. And Russia famously has very harsh, you know, backwards anti-gay laws that probably adds to, uh, I don't know, the value of her as a prisoner in their eyes. Well, get this. So great info that well, my- did she even say, yes, that was my cannabis oil? Or was she like, kind of like, huh? What? No. As far as I know, I think she was like, yeah. Okay. You know. But what a weird thing to go to jail for. Yeah, yeah. it's absurd. So this is very recent, but so media reports are suggesting that Russia is saying, hey, we will send you back. Brittany Griner, as well as a former Marine they have called Paul Whelan, in exchange for Victor Bout. So imagine wow. that. A like decorated athlete who had a little bit of cannabis oil is of the same value to Russia as a fucking like d- merchant of death, a like a warmonger. Isn't that fucked up? That is wild. And yeah, it's so crazy. So I mean, this is like very, very current. So by the time you're listening to this, maybe right. it's been resolved or what. But as I was just sort of skimming through the internet, a guy who helped put Victor Bout in prison wrote an article, and I couldn't read it because it was behind a paywall, but the <laughs> the so the title or whatever was essentially, I helped put Victor Bout in prison. I want Brittany Griner freed, but do not give up Victor Bout right to free them you can't because he was such a yes. super criminal you yeah. can't do this should they maybe have Brittany and Victor have a free throw competition <laughs> whoever wins gets to go free uh, uh yes okay 
We don't know, though. Is he good at basketball? Well, the guy seems like he's got all sorts of secret talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he probably sold those, like, Dave and Buster's basketball machines at one point to a, yeah. to a smaller country. Or, you know, they have, like, it's some kind of competition between Griner and Victor Bout, and they spin a big wheel, and the, and the arrow goes, like, tick, 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 and it passes, like, free throws, dribbling... You know, a slam dunking, and then it lands on like who could sell AK 47s to a militia. Oh. And pretty like, damn it! Who can hide grenades in a shipment of pineapples? <laughs> oh. <laughs> God wow. damn it. Anyway, that's the Victor Belt so story. So that's where we're leaving it right now. Yeah. That is wild, it's though. Still alive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Well, James, and thanks. check out Lord of War. Thank you for uh, telling us about this. this Terrible sounding man who also does look like the singer from Gogol Bordello, a band I <laughs> have no time for. <laughs> yeah. I never even checked them out, but I've heard of them. Yeah. Honestly, I've heard of them, but I've never heard a song. What do they sound like? Circus music and <laughs> punk and accordions and Oof. Uh, drugs and dancing and fiddles. Oh, cool. well. Yeah. Sounds like a Roma caravan just pulled into town <laughs> uh, you're not gonna cut any of that i'm gonna use it all but um the most important <laughs> thing is that we all learned some important um information about how, the way the world works that most of us are never aware of yeah you know absolutely yeah man well he, shall we pull out the the machine we all want to use right now are you talking about the flashlight or are you talking no. about the evil Oh, you meant that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's yeah. Get it I don't want to use a flashlight tonight at a cottage with you two guys, especially in this what? heat. Why not? Yeah, here it is, mm. sparkling. I just, I just gave it a nice bath, and um, oh, it's so I clean. put baby oil on it and uh, <laughs> washed its hair. Beautiful, uh, Chris. Do you want to go first, or do you want Mike to go first, or me? Chris, you go. What do you think? Um. Well, I wasn't really paying attention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to to what? Anything. <laughs> okay. So, Victor Bout. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him a fucking hard eight. Okay. Right. Because right. like the movie. He's selling weapons to terrorists all over the fucking world, man. Okay. Yeah, I can't argue with that. That's he's not a fair exactly score. he's not exactly Mr. Fred Rogers. No, no. no. Or Fred Willard. Not Fred Willard. Or Willard Scott, the old um Good Morning America weatherman. <laughs> oh, I remember him. Got yeah. replaced by Al Roker? I think so. Yeah. He's not even Scott Glenn. <laughs> Al Roker wasn't nearly as charming when he lost a lot of weight. I guess that's bad to say, but I'm well, just going to say it. Tell that to his cardiologist. Yeah. Um, good for well, him, I, I lost 10 pounds uh, the other day, and you guys are looking at me like I'm a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe y- y'all don't like skinny guys. <laughs> I like a guy with a little meat on him. <laughs> you like you know us thick. I mean? yeah. <laughs> Especially I like weatherman. my friends thick. Yeah. 
Also, no one wants to get weather from a. <laughs> no one wants to hear the weather from a thin man. No, they no. want to hear the weather from a nice big roly poly fella. Yes. When you're thin, you don't look like you actually get out there and enjoy the weather. <laughs> if you're thick, it looks like yeah, you get right in there and when's eat the it last, all up. When's the last time a thin guy danced in the rain? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Not since uh, Gene Fred Astaire. Hey, yeah. shout out. CFTO News in Toronto, weatherman for like 50 years, Dave Duvall. Remember that guy? Yes. He used to write with both hands on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of weathermen can do that. No, he was great. He was good. Anyway. Oh, Nicholas Cage was also in a movie called The Weatherman. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here we go. Eight. What do you think? Uh, That's a you good... want to match my eight? You want to see it? Mike, or you, you want to raise me? I got to think about it. I feel like this guy is, you fold. is a bad apple, uh, obviously... An amoral guy just will take money from mm-hmm. anyone, uh, making the world clearly a worse place. Uh, who, Lord knows how many deaths he's responsible for, mm-hmm. how much misery he caused. Arms dealers are scum of the earth. I'm going to give him um, two point three. No, I'm going to give him a. Uh, I'm going to give him an eight as well, Chris. I'm I'm right with you on team eight. Nice. I think he's a solid eight in my opinion. It was clear from day one. Yeah. Since he was born in Russia. Plus, he's got a little meat on his bones, and that's the kind of guy I like. <laughs> I'm going to do something maybe a little surprising here. He's evil. Oh, Mr. Lenient rears his but ugly as head. As far as we know, you know, he's not murdering anyone himself. He's helping other <laughs> people do it. That's not how it Listen, works. I'm breaking down these difficult ethical dilemmas. In an incorrect way. Well, maybe, mm. but it, it sparks debate. You know, okay. embrace debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But war is... But, you know, maybe you make the argument... Guns don't kill people, people kill people, sure. is what you're saying. I'm not, I'm just... Hey, I just sold them the bazookas. I didn't pull the trigger. Exactly. I'm not saying I agree with that, I'm just raising this point. <laughs> so, I think it's definitely evil, but... But I don't think... I think because it's like... He's facilitating other horrendous acts rather than committing. It's slightly less. Okay. So I'll say 6.7. It's greed motivated, though, too. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's reading the newspapers just like you and I. Mm-hmm. And he's making money off of it. Mm-hmm. Money, money, I think money. your score is the worst one we've ever had. <laughs> I'm just like trying to. We should you know, all be aligned at eight right now. I think I'm six. What did I say? Six point seven. Yeah. You said six point five. Six point. Okay. Well, six point five then. I think. I I can't believe it. You're well, insane. Well, I'm just. I'm raising a fun, interesting thought. That so unless the pe- person people at home who are listening trigger. with their loved ones can debate when they try to be like the capitalist podcast. in you. They can be uh, like, unless maybe. you pull the trigger yourself, you're totally, um, you know, free of hey, any blame. I'm not giving him a one. <laughs> I'm giving him a 6.5 is really high. This is the first sure. time that we've seen the capitalist uh, split apart. Well, James, you invest in several From, arms manufacturers. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, so, hey, as I said, I'm just. I mean, they're not called arms manufacturers uh, yeah. on the Dow, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Oscar Mayer Wiener Hot Dogs is actually a. Oscar Mayer is a brutal. Like. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, you're asking questions. I'm giving an interesting score. Yes, an interesting score. You know, it's good to be interesting. That's all I can say. <laughs> hey, the worst crime of all is to be boring. Exactly. Yeah. So you think if I sell you this, whatever you do, it's none of my business. I definitely think it's evil. I'm just, 
slightly mitigating it mm-hmm. compared to someone who's actually doing the murdering. Well, I think it's evil. Fine. It's just slightly I mean, less than if you're the one being like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, what did Mike start this episode with? The, um, in regards to Frank Caliendo, like, to what end? Who cares? Yeah. And technically, in regards to all of the scores on the evilometer in Evil Men, like, who cares? Sure. Who yeah. are we? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Means, nothing means anything. That's true. Even if, like, anybody involved in Victor Bot's Bout's life, listen to this. <laughs> Yeah. They wouldn't even make it this far. Yeah. They'd be like, these jackasses are fucking... Although, this episode might be played... R- ridiculous. ...to American officials to ma- help them make a decision on whether to make the trade with Brittany Yes, Griner. and... Ooh, okay, here's yeah. another moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. Did you make that trade? <sighs> That's a good one. That's I feel tough. like America has other less like red-hot international murderers uh from russia in their prisons that they could trade but i guess it's up to russia whether they would accept that trade Mm. i'll say this did the trade happen yet no no i think that's your answer (laughs) that they're not gonna do it i think they already said their stated their case wow wow okay we'll see why wouldn't they just go okay right away if they thought it was the trade was so valuable. Good point. Good point. I don't know. Why are they haggling? What are they waiting for? You know, we're not unfortunately they're, they're if you were that, Russia to throw in a draft pick. <laughs> if you were that basketball player, how good would you feel if the trade didn't happen right away? Not great. Like you're like yeah, that's real t- real time. Yeah. yeah, that would feel weird being like, yeah, they're trying to trade an arms dealer for you. You'd feel like, oh, I'd be so happy to go home, but you'd also feel, I guess, a bit weird. Yeah, it's conflicting even for, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot her name. Brittany, Brittany Griner. Griner. Apparently Brittany also, Griner. it's conflicting for her. Russia wants to trade Brittany Griner for Victor Bout, but Russia also has stipulated they want to send back Steven Seagal <laughs> as part of the deal. Oh, shit. That's good. Yeah. But America is not willing to make that deal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, I think that was another great episode of This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 